This is episode 11 of A Chosen People Podcast, where I will be explaining the where's, when's, why's, and how's to go about achieving your New Year's resolution. Welcome to A Chosen People Podcast. My name is Lou Obatero, and every Tuesday I share with you conversations I have with disciples from all around the world on how young disciples like myself can live a life worthy of God what they've learned from personal experiences, and pieces of advice they have for my generation. Together, we explore solutions to modern-day problems and what it truly means to live chosen. The year of our Lord 2020 is almost over. 2021 will be upon us by Friday morning. As with any year, I'm sure that you, listener, have already thought of one, two, or ten New Year's resolutions already. Over the past two weeks, I've talked to many of you and have received many submissions on what your 2021 New Year's resolutions are. And today, just as promised, I'll be giving you advice on what exactly those resolutions are, what resources to seek out in reaching those resolution goals, what to do when those goals backfire or fail, and ultimately, how to meet the expectations you set for yourself within those resolutions. Yo, Pierre, you want to come out? Oh my gosh. <laughs> say something meaningful to the world. If you had to say one, one, one word to the world, what would you say? One word. One, one world to the word. One, one, word. one, one, one. Shush. <laughs> one word to the world. What would you say? One word to the world. What would you say? One word, not even a sentence, just a word. Faith. reached the end of 2020 finally it's felt like a million years to be honest with you especially march that was um that was brutal i guess the only thing good about that was that it was my birthday month and i got a car but still this has been the weirdest year that i've had to live through and i'm pretty sure that the same sentiment goes to you as well um regardless though i'm very excited to see what the next year has in store for us and what we can do in the next year, learning from the mistakes and the setbacks and the things that have just occurred in 2020. And uh, what better way to do that than to basically just go over the resolutions that you all have. Um, I honestly am truly grateful for everybody's submissions and the stuff that they sent in. Um, and I just can't wait to get into this and just hopefully help you and be able to guide you through uh, whatever your resolution is for next year and that hopefully you can achieve it and that 2021 can be your quote unquote comeback year. So without further ado, let us begin. The first New Year's resolution that I received was on losing weight. So this is going to be my favorite one to talk about. It's the reason why I put it first anyways. 
It's, it's just mostly because I actually have experience in losing weight. So uh, back in January of 2018, when that year was starting, we were, com- we were coming out of 2017, coming into 2018, uh, I set a New Year's resolution for myself that I wanted to lose 40 pounds in that year. Just 40 pounds. I was um, a very overweight kid, and I just felt like I wanted to uh, you know, trim down, and that's exactly what I did. And as a matter of fact, I didn't just lose 40 pounds. I actually lost 70 pounds. And that was over the course of um, about a year and a half or so. But I went from basically being overweight in January 2018 to being very moderate and like having like a healthy weight in July of 2019. This year, sorry, last year uh, in the summertime was probably the lowest I think that my weight I'd gotten how I went about doing it is that I mean I pretty much did what anybody would do I went to the internet to try to figure out how to lose weight came across a lot of these articles that were talking about uh, you know like the secret to weight loss and this is how you do it and stuff and I mean it was just a lot of conflicting information about macronutrients and keto diets and all this type of stuff what I realized what I have to soon realize is that all this information was really conflicting because like there are many ways to go about it but there's one general way to go about losing weight something that i had to learn and as soon as i did that's when i started losing weight very dramatically um and that secret is calories you see our bodies gain and lose weight in proportion to many things like our metabolism our height uh medical issues etc But the primary factor behind all weight gain and weight loss depends on the amount of calories that we eat and the amount of calories that we burn. To gain weight, your body has to be in a calorie surplus. And to lose weight, your body has to be in a calorie deficit. So how do you get into a calorie deficit? To be in a caloric deficit, you must be taking in less calories than your body requires to maintain its current weight. And that amount of calories is called your resting metabolic rate, also known as your RMR. In order to get your RMR, go to a website like uh, verywellfit.com. And from there, you'll enter your, your gender, your age, your height, your weight, and your activity level. Mind you, though, the RMR shown is really just how many calories you'd burn in total to maintain your current weight. To actually lose the weight, you'd need to either eat less calories than your RMR or burn more calories. A good goal for a calorie deficit is anything between 500 and 1000 calories less than what your RMR is. But don't take it too far. The lowest that you should go in terms of calories is about, I'd say 1200. The resolution to have consistent early morning runs. All right, so I used to go on runs about two years ago, uh, but that was before I got these weighted jump ropes and I've just been using those ever since. That was actually what led me to lose the 70 pounds in the first place. Uh, But regardless, let's just call a spade a spade. Early morning runs sound brutal, but I might have some experience that will help with this. When I was living on campus uh, at USF before we all got sent home for COVID, I would leave at about 6.45 in the morning to go to the gym to work out because the gym opened at around 7 a.m. and I had a 9 9 a.m. class. The first two months or so of doing that wasn't actually that hard. 
I was actually enjoying being independent and doing my own thing. But soon enough, I started to wake up some mornings and I had little to no motivation to go. I found it much easier just to sit in bed and scroll through Instagram, you know, take a shower, get changed and get to class. And that was kind of my Achilles heel at the moment, which was comfort. So I started going to the gym less and less. And soon enough, I went from going six times a week or six days a week to about two or three. When I started to realize that it was a consistent problem, I shared it with a friend from my church about my lack of motivation to work out in the morning. And he asked me a very important question that really changed my whole perspective on the situation. He asked me, who are you even exercising for? And at first when he asked this, I kind of took it as like, oh, he's like offending me, you know, he's <laughs> he's judging me for working out so early, you know, like, like saying that I don't have to or something. But then I realized that that's not what his intentions were. His intentions were actually to motivate me to go, but not for myself. It was to motivate me to go for people that it actually matters for who are in my life. And what I mean, what I mean by this is I was doing I was going to the gym for myself. I was getting healthy and eating healthy for myself. But what I didn't realize was that in doing that, I was potentially contributing to my family being less motivated to stay healthy as well. I kind of thought back to uh, being in high school when I started intermittent fasting. My mom decided to join me. And when I went to the basketball courts to uh, have some cardio, my brother joined in. And when I started jumping rope in the backyard of our house in uh, North Carolina, my dad started jump roping himself. So I had an impact on my family and their habits and their healthy habits as well. And I guess that I just wasn't seeing it until then. When I put that into perspective, I started going again consistently. And even though I haven't been perfect in my consistency since then, I'm always still motivated to get back to the gym, backyard, or wherever I'm gonna be working out. When I think about how my choice to stay healthy helps others to stay healthy. The resolution to growing your prayer life. So when I saw this question, I didn't really know if the person was asking wanted to learn how to pray more or learn how to have uh, deeper prayers. I didn't really know what to, which one to go with. So I kind of just chose uh, both. So pertaining to the consistency of your prayers, I would say to find two designated times in your day to pray. Make sure that you write it out somewhere like the reminders app on your phone or your calendar. I say two times a day because just in case you miss the first time, you still have an opportunity in your day to pray later on. And if you already prayed the first time, then guess what? You have a free prayer. It's actually the reason why I have two quiet times in my days. This can be either when you wake up or when you sleep, or it can be two times in your day where you know that you won't be interrupted for about like five to 10 minutes or so. Now, pertaining to the depth of your prayer, you don't actually have to implement the holy holies and all that extra stuff like that. God's desire isn't to be fed prayers because he needs them. His desire is for us to come to him with our problems so that our love and trust in him is more deeply rooted. After all, he already knows what we want to pray about and what we're going to say. So there kind of be no point anyways. If you really want to get into like the nitty gritty of what prayer is and how to pray better, how to pray deeper, 
I think that it's better defined by what it's not rather than what it is. For one, it's not a checklist. It's a conversation. And even though it sometimes feels like that conversation is putting you on red, what matters is that he has read it and that he will respond. And two, it's not a scheduled event. I challenge you to think of your line of communication with God less like a, a, a phone call and more, more like a walkie-talkie. Personally, I talk to God throughout my day about whatever's on my mind. Sometimes it's weird, but I figured that it's always good to speak with him when I can. When times are bad, I reach out to him for help and guidance. And when times are good, I thank him for my safety and happiness. The resolution to find love. So, unfortunately, I don't have any experience on this topic since I'd never been in love before. So thank you for whoever asked me to answer this. But I have a Bible verse that helps me on this, and I'm sure that it will help you as well. It's uh, Romans 8, verses 28, and it reads, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So, yeah, uh, stay hopeful, stay patient, and please stay off of Tinder. The resolution to recall Newsom. So I'm going to be honest. When I saw this, I had no idea what it meant. But in my research for this episode, I realized that it was actually about Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. And I don't know what it means to like recall anyone, like I guess to maybe like take him out of the the governor chair. I don't I don't honestly know um, California politics, but I guess that my best advice to you is to pray and pray for clarity in case he doesn't need to be recalled. I have no clue, honestly. It's not supposed to be <laughs> political. The resolution to learn modeling. Sure, I'll try this one. Uh, after receiving this submission, I just simply typed in how to become a model in Google and a short article from format.com came up. The best tips that I can gather are the following. Inspect the, inspect the unique features of your face. Learn how to move fluidly. Hire a photographer. Create an online portfolio prioritizing headshots. Find local retailers to have you walk runways. Hire a trainer to guide your movements and speech. Hire an agent to direct your career. And consider attending a modeling school to hone and sharpen your skills. Oh, yeah. And Instagram pretty much needs to be your best friend. That was, The word Instagram was just strewn around the entire article there. The resolution to get organized. This is my second favorite one out of all these. You have come to the right place, my friend. So for 2021, my number one resolution actually is to embrace minimalism. And for those of you that don't know what minimalism is, it's really just the pursuit of trying to fight back against consumerism by living with mostly your needs. Uh, if you've ever heard of Joshua Fields Milburn or Ryan Nicodemus, also known as the uh, minimalists, they made their life goal to step away from the busy and consumeristic lives they once lived in order to live life more fully 
and to have less stress from less clutter. Of course, they've kind of taken it to an extreme by owning next to nothing but their bare necessities for raising a family and a good home in the United States, but I kind of wanted to take a different approach by ridding myself of the possessions that I don't necessarily need. I can't pinpoint exactly where to draw the line at the needs, but I figured that it's best not to be too legalistic about it. But as for organizing yourself, your space, your car, your work area, really just any environment that you find yourself in is truly very important. It allows you to feel more confident, rid yourself of stress, and become more productive in all things because you know where to find your things. Some great resources that I know on the topic of organization and minimalism are Matt Diavella and Thomas Frank from YouTube as well as Marie Kondo from the Netflix series titled Tidying Up. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard that it's pretty good, so I might watch it soon. Personal skills and things that I found to be helpful when trying to be organized are to label items, to categorize things and events, and to store things as digitally possible as you can. That digital approach is I can't exactly give you a precise definition on what I mean by that, but I'll give you an example. So um, I got rid of a whole bunch of you know shirts that I didn't really need anymore. Uh, some of them were actually Teen Camp shirts, and I wanted to keep them for the nostalgia, of course, right? Because Teen Camp was fun. But I didn't really want them to be taking up space in my closets and uh, in my in my closet in my in my drawers. So what I did is I just took pictures of all the Teen Camp uh, uh, shirts that I had and then gave the shirts away. So I still have the memory on me, but I don't actually have the clothing article. So you can do the same thing with just, uh, you know, an extra Santa hat or a, um, I don't know, Starbucks cup from your like favorite date or something like that. Uh, just take a picture of that so that you can save it forever. And best thing about it, it's in the cloud. So you don't really have too much to worry about. Also, the Minimalist guys are releasing a movie on Netflix on January 1st called Less Is Now. So if you want to go watch that for inspiration, I'd highly recommend it. I'm not sponsored by them, but I'm just saying it just, you know, just in case. Go watch it. The Resolution to Achieve Self-Love Before my experience with anxiety this year, I didn't really think that I'd ever need to prioritize or think about practicing self-love. I kind of always thought that it was for people that were all like punctual and perfect and, you know, came to class with like Uggs and a caramel macchiato, you know, all put together pretty much. But turns out self-love is actually what we all need in varying degrees and in different types of ways. It doesn't look one uniform way. It's very different for, for everyone, especially for those of us that got the short end of the stick this year with uh, the loss of a loved one or just things happening in this year that really, you know, put you back. Self-love doesn't have to be a, a bubble bath and aromatherapy and all that. It's mostly just about doing what makes you happy. This year taught me there's two types of self-love, conscious self-love and unconscious self-love. Conscious self-love is doing the things that you know are making you feel better, like watching your favorite movie, eating your favorite foods, or listening to your favorite song. They're usually the first things that come to your mind when you want to take care of yourself. Unconscious self-love, however, is doing the things that you don't know are making you feel better. 
These are the things like eating healthy foods that release endorphins and boost your mood, talking to somebody for the first time in your entire day, or even declining an invitation to a party that you don't really feel safe going to. These are usually the things that we take for granted or don't notice, but in ultimately are making us better or safer. Try to find opportunities to practice conscious self-love and be mindful of the unconscious self-love gifts that you give to yourself. Being able to reflect on these unconscious acts is a form of gratitude, which actually, now nah, I think about it, leads me to the next resolution, which is the resolution to find happiness in the little things. In order to find happiness in the little things, all it takes is the conscious application of two biblical qualities, gratitude and mindfulness. Our minds are, by default, accustomed to pointing out whatever is wrong or bad about a situation. It's the reason why we dread the first day of school or feel scared when we're performing in front of a live audience. All that we can think about is what could go wrong. But to combat this feeling, what we need to do as individuals is to make an honest attempt at thinking more about the best case scenarios and what could go right rather than dwelling on what could go wrong. I don't want to tell you to stop thinking negative thoughts because personally when I hear that I really hate that like they make it people try to make it sound very easy but it's way easier said than done. A quick spoiler alert for those that haven't watched the Pixar movie Soul yet. I'm just going to give you a few seconds to skip ahead if you haven't. But those that dwell on the negatives of a situation only are kind of like those lost souls that we saw. The only things trapping them from their freedom are their own negative inhibitions about what they believe about themselves and their situation that they're in. And finally, the last resolution, which is to put everything into practice from 2020. I really like this resolution because it's implying that there are things that we can apply from this horrible year into the hopefully better 2021. There were truly a lot of things from this year that rattled us as a human species. A lot of us lost hope in things that we cherished before, and even some of us lost people that were so close to us. But regardless, I think that the best way to undo a mistake is by taking what you learn from it and using it to make better decisions. Suppose that you chose to intimately trust someone this year and they seriously let you down. You could shut yourself off from the world and never trust a soul again, or you could just simply be more cautious about the information that you give out and about who you're vulnerable with. There's a lot of things in life that you can't really control, but one thing that I promise you that you always can control are your actions. And with enough discipline and time, your reactions as well. And most importantly, remember that how well you do at practicing these habits and resolutions is not to be defined by the credit that you get for it. Resolutions are no more than the goals that you set in hopes that you will achieve them. If your resolution isn't life or death related, salvation related, or uh, deals with the harm of another person, then it's not really a big deal if you fall off the wagon every now and then. Just make sure that you're doing your personal best. Because when you do your best, any setback or collapse in the plan is not a failure. It's a learning opportunity.
All right, that wraps up today's episode of the Chosen People podcast. Please make sure to share this episode with someone you think would benefit from what we talked about today. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow this podcast and never miss a new episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, make sure to subscribe as well. This episode is just minutes of your time wasted if you only listen. So if you haven't already, I strongly encourage you to use what was taught today and apply it to your lives. And a quick reminder to you all, no matter what religion or race or creed or gender you are, you are loved by God. It's corny, I know, but it will always be true. He cares for you. And no matter what happened yesterday, we are a new creation in him today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with a new episode. And as always, spread love and live chosen. Thank you.